Good morning, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Guys, today we celebrate this third Sunday of Advent. Uh, It's considered the joyful Sunday. It's why we wear this big pink color that we have on, right? We only wear it twice in the liturgical year, and I'm really glad, (laughs) right? Uh, Two yards of pink just doesn't look right on me. Honestly, I feel like a big bottle of walking Pepto-Bismol. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) my my grandma, off topic, my grandma growing up as kids, her remedy for every sickness was Pepto. It was, I'm serious, you had a headache, you got Pepto-Bismol. Right? As kids, you would line up before we would go <laughs> before we'd go to bed, you'd line up, she'd get everybody a teaspoon of Pepto. Boom, boom, boom. Even if you weren't sick. You just got it for good remedy. I don't know. Um, that has nothing to do with the homily, I apologize. But uh <clears throat> we do have this visual of today, right? This pink color, a joyful color, and that's what today symbolizes for us. The joy of the coming of Christ. That's why that candle is a different color, right? It's because the light of the world is coming to dispel the darkness of sin and error and to set us free, inching ever closer to the great birth of Christ. And so the church gives us today this this figure of John the Baptist. Um, Matthew's gospel is really cool in this explanation, right? And, And it's intriguing to me, the conversation between John and his disciples and those same disciples and Jesus, right? Let's back up a little bit. Where are we at here? Well, number one, John's in prison. So he had been doing ministry all along. He was baptizing people, the baptism of repentance, and he's announcing the coming of the Messiah, right? He's the voice crying out in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. John knows who he is, and there's this bridge between John and Jesus. They exist in the same time of history, So John is the last of the line of the prophets. So in the Old Testament, he had all the prophets, Elijah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. They all spoke of the coming of the Messiah hundreds of years before he came. John is the last of the prophets. He connects the Old Testament to the New Testament. Why? Because he not only announces the coming of the Messiah, he's the voice. He also gets to see him. So that's why Jesus says he's the greatest of men born amongst women. The greatest of the prophets is John the Baptist, right? And so we have this moment where John is now arrested, he's in prison, and he's probably just a few days to a week away from being martyred. We know how John dies, right? He's beheaded. So this is where the scene picks up today, is the imprisonment of John. And so his disciples, his followers, are asking him, about who is going to be the Christ. And so this is the conversation. Check this out. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 says, Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you he who is to come, or shall we look for another? That should strike us very odd, right? Because it makes us think that John the Baptist somehow had a moment of crisis of faith and didn't know who Jesus was. Like, that's crazy, right? This is the John the Baptist who, in the womb of his mother, as an infant, six months old, Mary comes to greet Elizabeth, and John is anointed by the Holy Spirit and begins doing flip-flops in Elizabeth's womb. He's filled with joy. 
This is the John the Baptist that is pointing the way to Jesus the whole time. Whenever Jesus comes onto the scene in his public ministry, this is the John the Baptist who looks at him and says, Behold, there he is. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the John who baptizes Jesus, sees heaven tear open, the Holy Spirit come down, and he hears with his own ears, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Do you think for a moment that John is having a crisis of faith and don't think that that's really Jesus? That wouldn't make any sense. So why is John doing this? Why is he sending his disciples to Jesus and saying, are you him or should we look for somebody else? I believe it's because John wants them to encounter Jesus. He could have easily just said, yeah, guys, Jesus, he's the Messiah. Go follow him. I'm about to die. Go follow him. But he didn't. He wanted them to encounter Jesus for themselves and to come to know him and follow him. Right? John says, he must increase and I must decrease. John knew who he was. But John's whole purpose was to announce the coming of the Messiah. And so now he wanted his disciples to encounter Jesus. And so they go, and that's the encounter that we see. Are you he, or should we look for another? And Jesus looks at them. This is the intriguing. Jesus looks at them and he says, Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them. If I was those disciples, I'd have just looked at Jesus and go, I just wanted a yes or a no. <laughs> like, you didn't have to go into that kind of an explanation. Like, are you him or are you not? Well, tell John that the blind see, the deaf hear, the mute speak. Really, Jesus? Like, why? Why can't you just say, yep, I'm him, I got it. <clears throat> because Jesus wants them to encounter him through the word. You see, what Jesus is doing is he's quoting Isaiah chapter 35, verse 5. Jesus is quoting the prophets to reveal to them who he is. It was our first reading today. Listen to this. I'm going to back up a little bit so we get the full picture of Isaiah's prophecy of the Messiah. So this is what Isaiah is talking about, is the coming of the Messiah, and here's what you're going to look for. Listen to the hope and the joy in this. So speaking when the Messiah comes, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God, strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, say to those who are fearful of heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Here it is, verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. This was Isaiah's prophecy hundreds of years about when you see these things, that's going to be him. When the deaf begin to hear, the guy that healed him, that's the Messiah. The one who was blind before and that man who just healed the blind, he's the Messiah. When you see these things happening... He's saying, know that he's revealing himself. So this is why Jesus tells John's disciples, go tell him, the blind see, the deaf hear, the mute speak. Right? 
is because Jesus wants them and wants us to encounter Him and reveal Him in the Word. Right here. Right? But I love what Jesus does. He doesn't just stop at the prophecy. Jesus adds another line to it as he does in other places in the gospel. This is the line he says. After he says, the dead are raised up, he says, and the poor have the good news preached to them. It's not in Isaiah's prophecy. Jesus adds it. I guess because he can, right? He's the son of God. He can do what he wants. He had the good news. The poor have the good news preached to them. The poor. Like, who is he talking about? Who's the poor? Well, poverty, poor goes beyond what's in my pocket and my checking account. Who's the poor? It's me. And it's you. Right? Someone that's poor, as St. Francis says, is a beggar. Right? St. Francis says, I'm a beggar before God. Why? What does that mean? It means that everything I have comes from God. I've produced nothing of my own. Every gift I have is from the Lord. I'm a poor man, a poor beggar before the great King. That's the reality of our lives. So we're the poor. And but what does Jesus say? The poor, you and I, have the good news proclaimed to them. What's the good news? It's the forgiveness of our sins. It's the good news that Jesus Christ has come to set us free. He dies for us so that we could not be shackled down by our sins, but live in the freedom of what it means to be called a son and a daughter of the Most High God. That's the good news that He comes and brings to us. Because we're the poor. All right? We're the blind. I'm blind in my life. There's been times where I've been in the darkness and I couldn't see what was right in front of me. I couldn't choose what the good was because I couldn't see it. I was blinded in my darkness and emotions. And I've been the deaf person before, as I'm sure you have as well. We're made to listen to the words of the Father, and, but we listen to the lies of the world. Our ears are turned to the appraise of the praises of the world and affirmations. And, but our ears should be attuned to hearing the voice of God. But so many times we choose to listen to other things in the world, right? Our mouths are supposed to speak the praises of God. But we're, I'm the mute. You're the mute, right? Those times in my life and your life where I haven't spoken the praises of God, I've used my lips to complain. I've used my lips to tear down other people's good reputations. I've moaned about things. I'm like, Lord, come on. Like, No, our lips were called by God, made by God, to proclaim His goodness, to bless people. So I've been the, the mute guy where my lips haven't done what they were supposed to do. Right? And what about this leprosy he speaks of? The leopards are made clean. Oh, man. Lepers, that, that was a horrible disease. You basically were living dead. Like you were ostracized from everybody, set apart from them. You couldn't be a part of your community no more. Your flesh was literally rotten off. You're walking down the street and your finger falls off. He goes, oh gosh, that's my finger. Let me just grab that real fast. Yeah, your body's decaying. I've been the leper. We're speaking of a spiritual leprosy. Maybe our, our flesh isn't falling off, but sometimes our heart, those things in our hearts that begin to eat away at us and kill the divine life of God within us that we feel like I can't get over, those addictions we struggle with, you know them as well as I do. Those are the things that Jesus says, I want to set you free from that. 
the spiritual leprosy that is killing us and cutting off the divine life that's in us. Jesus says, I want to heal that. I want to set you free from that. And he can. Why? Because he's the God-man. He's the one who, who gave his life for us, right? The good news is proclaimed to us. Those areas in my life that I think I'm just like dead. He can raise them all back up. Relationships that we think have been destroyed in families. No, he can raise them up. He can. I promise you. It's what he does. And so this is what we're called to, guys. We're called in this week, this spirit of joy, to ask Jesus to come into those areas of our blindness, our deafness, our muteness, our spiritual leprosy, those moments and those areas, relationships that were dead in the sins and the struggles that happened and the dynamics of family and relationships. And we're called to ask Jesus to come right into them because it doesn't do anybody any good. Come into those, Lord. Bring your life. Bring that light into this world of ours of darkness and shatter it so that we can live as men and women in freedom. That's what this is all about. That's what it's all about, right? And so that's where we come today. That's when we'll be able to be like John and tell people what we've seen and heard with my own ears and my own eyes, what he's done in my life. That's the joy people are waiting to hear about. Right? Not beating them over the head with a bunch of rubrics. But speak of the joy of what Jesus has done for you. The areas he's healed you and me. Yeah. Man. That's infectious. People want it. Well, because it's what we're made for. And so, <clears throat> this week, this Mass, turn those over to the Lord. Tell him what we need healing of. What area do I need you to heal and touch, Lord? And this week, spend a little time with him. The best place to do it is right there in the Adoration Chapel. Best spot to do it. Just like John, you might want to come talk to the priest. That's good. I'm here. I will listen to you. I will pray with you. But I've also got to point you to Jesus. He's the one who's going to heal. He's the one who's going to cure the blindness. He's the one who's going to restore and renew and refresh our hearts. So to go this week at some point, stop in the chapel for five minutes. Jesus is there. He's waiting for you to go and sit and listen and say, Lord, I'm, I'm here. I need your healing. I need your love. I need your mercy. I need your redemption. I need your, to restore my heart. So that when Christmas comes, that heart has been given wide open to be able to receive the child Jesus. So that's the invitation this week. Make a stop by the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. Five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, whatever it is. And just be with Jesus. And let Him heal those spots in our hearts that we all need. Me included. We all need that. Amen?